So hello everyone, welcome back to the next main episode of the Japan Archive 60... 60D, our first four-parter on Yasuke. Uh, thank you for everyone who listened to the bonus one this week. We had a lot of fun doing that one. Um, it felt a lot more relaxed than usual, which I, I personally enjoyed. Uh, but how are you doing this week, Heather? I'm doing pretty good. I have I've gotten more round, but mm-hmm. uh, healthy and yeah, everything is going pretty well right now. How about you? Mm, not too bad. I mean, it's Golden Week now. I think we mentioned that previously on the bonus one. But yeah, so I'm off for a few days so I can catch up with project stuff for Japan Archives and some other stuff I've been working on, like get as much of that done as I can before going back to work, which would be super nice. But apart from that, ah, oh, you know. Same old, same old. Ah, but I'm. Can you can you remember where we left off last time with Yasuke? A month ago now. I do know that. Was it a month? Oh my gosh! Seriously? Yeah. So we left it off. Our last episode, sixty C, was shorter than the others. Um, it was when he met Nobunaga for the first time, and in the end, Alessandro gifted Yasuke to Nobunaga, and so we were trying to figure out whether that meant he was still a slave if he was something different now because obviously he was in a position he would not have had before so continuing from where we left off then yasuke then finds himself you know he spent all that time with nobunaga giving her good first impression and everything but now he finds himself waiting waiting around and waiting and waiting and waiting for another summons from the Lord. He Nobunaga is all focused on the horse event to come that we mentioned before, the Uma Zoroe. And yeah, so like I said, Yasuke was just waiting around. He was separate now from the Jesuits that he'd obviously spent so long with. And in essence, he'd, at least for right now, he's gone from being the head of security for Alessandro to nothing more than someone who kind of is just an afterthought. Or at least that might be what he felt right now because he changed he changed ownership, but now he has nothing to do. He's not been given anything to do. After three days, so three days of feeling probably hopelessly lost or something, he was given his first orders, and that was to take part in the military parade to happen the very next day as part of the horse racing event or the horse show. He was a last minute addition to this, but finally Nobunaga was recognizing him as part of his retinue. So things are starting to look up for. Yasuke. Obviously, I feel being part of a military retinue is definitely a much higher position than mm. being a slave. So I think it's safe to say he's not a slave anymore. Like his social standing has completely changed, and it'll be it would be something he's he's never had. So yeah, we could say he went from possibly, basically, from what you've seen from slavery to employment. I mean, yeah, in essence. Um, if you are part of a military retinue, you would at this point be having some form of income. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to well survive and continue holding this position. So yeah, I think you're right there. I hope so. I hope that's how it's it's going down. I, I like I like that he by transferring from Alessandro to Nobunaga for him to be recognized, you know, more as an equal as opposed to 
a subservient. Mm, it's a it's a deserved change for him. I hope that's right. Please be right. Mm. Please be good. <laughs> well, you'll have to keep on listening, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm ready, I'm so ready. the arena that they had built for this horse racing event, I'm just going to keep saying that because um, it, it's a bit of a tongue twister for me. So the horse <laughs> event, the whole thing had been built from scratch mere weeks before. So a very quick building project. And the crowds now were completely surrounding the arena, no doubt jostling for a view of the events to come. A pavilion had also been erected close by for the 106th Emperor of Japan to witness the event. This was the emperor known as Ogi Machi. And yeah, this pavilion was built for him even though it was temporary they still made it quite lavish with golden leaf and things so he could watch this what would be quite an impressive event to come so when it does start the entire horse procession starts by filling the arena it says that at first nobunaga's chief vassals entered into the arena then followed by warrior monks these were known as sohei in japanese after that they came Akechi Mitsuhide, who was Nobunaga's chief general at the time. And after that, we would have seen Nobunaga's three sons enter into the arena. Finally, finally, after that, it were, they were all followed by 50 retainers of Nobunaga, of which Yasuke was included amongst them. Together, it said that they made one complete round of the arena on horseback, and then they all fell to the side for the rest of the event to unfold. Yesuke at the time would have seen a lot of military precision, and maybe he would have been quite an impressive thing to see. And after they had all moved to the side, uh, four men are said to have come in carrying a large throne-like chair which had been gifted to Nobunaga by the Jesuits a few days prior. And then following this throne-like thing, Nobunaga came in on his horse known as Daikoku. Yasuke remained for the whole show, much like all the other retainers. His horse was guided away and taken from him and he was left to sit on the tatami mats in the stalls of the arena for the whole six-hour event. I was saying, hopefully not in size Seiza, the um, kneeling sitting i hope they sat more comfortably <laughs> not... it would probably have been the kneeling position back in that day so six hours on your knee oh wait sounds good <laughs> i want i, I, I kind of want to say that maybe if you were a normal spectator and you were sat you might have done it less formally but mm. probably as part of a military retinue there was probably the you know you had to show yourself more formally so he would have had to sit like that for six hours straight on your knees and i can do it for about 40 minutes but Ooh. i'm out it is difficult to do it is and they have special chairs i've seen those like, these little tiny chairs that if you need to sit in a long time you can actually get them and it helps kind of relieve the pressure off of your knees <laughs> i didn't know about the special chairs i saw it at a diy shop like they're little oh. tiny things. I think it's probably for... Well, so you rest your knees on the small chair or... It elevates your... Uh, you can put it sort of between your knees and then sit on it. And so it elevates your, your uh, bottom a little bit off the ground. So just enough so you're not putting pressure on your legs. Oh. And it kind of, your legs kind of go underneath it. That's interesting. 
I never knew about that. Walk around the DIY shops here. You'll find all kinds of interesting things. <laughs> <laughs> Surprised I've never seen it at Daiso. So what did Yasuke watch during the event? From what I was reading, it said that there was a lot of acrobatics done on horseback, which were shown to the people. People were even seen um, swapping their horse rides mid-gallop, as well as throughout. Ooh. There was increasingly difficult horseback archery challenges like further distances away, doing it whilst galloping and things like that. No doubt this would have been a show full of wonder and amazement to everyone watching, including Yasuke. And at the end, Nobunaga led the mounted soldiers that had already done one round at the start past the Imperial Pavilion, Pavilion, sorry, one last time for the Emperor to look at them. And actually one week later, the whole show was repeated once again due to Imperial request. So I suppose it did go down very, very well for everyone. So days after the second show, Yasuke was then asked to follow Nobunaga to his clan capital located at Azuchi, which is kind of, trying to remember the distance, it's about 29 miles away from Kyoto. Okay. So not too far. Mm -mm. Time-wise now, we're in early May of 1581. And actually on the journey to the castle, Nobunaga requested that Yasuke was to ride alongside him as they made their way to Kyoto, later skirting around the shores of Lake Biwa on the way to the castle. I had Yay. to include that. It's been a long time since we talked about Lake Biwa. This is true. Too long. So eventually, yes, they made their way to his castle, Azuchi Castle. And this is said to have been the first castle of this kind of style. And this is the style that we now associate being the typical style of a Japanese castle. Ah. So for the entire journey to Azuchi, Nobunaga had still not elaborated to Yasuke on the position that he actually wanted him to hold. And after arriving to Azuchi, everyone was dismissed, including Yasuke, to go to their private quarters. At the time, some had rooms to themselves, those that Nobunaga favored, but for now, Yasuke was to share a room that was in constant use, filled by those on constant rotation to watch the castle during the night and day, so not the most relaxing of rooms. And still, Yasuke did not know his purpose. For the next few weeks, nothing changed, though he did eventually get his own room so that he may rest a little better and not be disturbed by the changing of the guard. And then eventually, one week later, after all of this, Yasuke was finally called to work. What do you think he was going to be asked to do? Well, to be honest, it could have been anything. He could be cooking, he could be food tasting, he could be guarding, he could be fighting, he could be just walking around because he's such a... Uh, uh, everyone loves Yasuke. So... <laughs> you know, you, you got me. There's, there's a lot of things he could be doing. He, Yasuke is very, you just very said, talented. You just said everything possible he could have done there. That was like a cop-out answer. But okay. <laughs> so he was finally given his weapons again. So we had, I think, the, the small dagger that he had, as well as the spear from India. And he was tasked to watch over Nobunaga as he went about his public business. So he was kind of on guard duty again. And no doubt... Yasuke was the ideal choice as her protector for him. He had proven himself before as Alessandro's protector, but probably due to having him there probably created a lot of awe in the people in Nobunaga's presence. So a kind of ideal choice to make people realize the power that Nobunaga was holding. 
So the Nobunaga and the Yasuke relationship developed more over time during hunting trips and the like, for instance, where formality was lost a little bit and they could talk more freely. Obviously, this wasn't an official meal, a formal event, so mm. they could be more casual with one another. Yasuke, Nobunaga and his samurai pages all growing a little closer together and Yasuke at the time learning new sparring techniques from the Japanese as well as the Japanese learning new techniques from Yasuke. So together they were helping one another become even formidable learning martial arts techniques that weren't necessarily used in Japan at the time. During all of this, Nobunaga was learning more from Yasuke about the world, and most importantly for Nobunaga, learning more about warfare, as obviously he wants to unite all of Japan, and with all the warring clans, there was bound to be a lot more fighting to come in the future, so if Nobunaga could learn some tricks from Yasuke that no one else knew, it would probably work out in his favor. We now move on to a month later. So there's quite a bit of time jumping here, but I think that is very much that obviously the stuff we have about Yasuke is very sparse. So it's kind of just the main events and changes that we have for him, especially now with Nobunaga. We're moving to a month later and Yasuke and Nobunaga are walking through the upper levels of the castle together. And eventually they make their way down through and out of the castle, and eventually Nobunaga takes Yasuke into a modest house. Now this house has a roof that has been made higher than normal Japanese houses to make room for Yasuke's height. And in essence, Nobunaga turns around and tells Yasuke that this is now his own home. Nobunaga having had it built especially for him and his height, as well as that at the back of the room there is a sword holding the odor crest upon it that Nobunaga gifts to Yasuke. Ooh. The sword Nobunaga says was to be Yasuke's. This is now his own sword. Nobunaga declaring him to be his own samurai before leaving him in his now new home. Yasuke, I'm pretty sure, was at a loss during all this. There was a lot of changes suddenly happening. He was he had things that he's never had before. And what was more, he now had two servants of his own and he was given his own wage to provide for his servants as well as himself. Oh, that's amazing. That's what you said you were hoping for this whole time. Yes, no? yes. It's. I'm so glad to find out that that's what happened. Like, oh my god, that is and and, he's, and Thomas, you're you're taller than I am, and I'm I'm mm -hmm. a little bit above average height for uh, women in America. And you're taller than me, and to have like the the apartments and stuff, things are very low here. To have things his, especially because he's way taller than both of us to have things his own height imagine how many times he probably had to duck to not bump his head on doorways probably all the time like when you go in old japanese temples and things to this day you still a lot of the time have to bend down i mean i think even japanese people now do do that like the old stereotype of them being smaller has kind of gone away now a lot of hmm. Japanese are the same height as everyone else. Actually, Alfredo was telling me there's a theory that it's because everyone stopped kneeling on the floor, it allowed their legs to develop better, which is now why everyone's taller, because they're sitting on chairs instead of kneeling all the time. Oh, I thought it was like nutritional differences, because like the diet back then was a lot more um, rice, and there wasn't quite as, as much of variety of diet. Like the after certain time points, I think even like 
most people, like the height differences has changed for most cultures based on the access to like more vegetables, more protein sources, even some dairy, like the, the more more foods you bring in. So I thought I thought that was like a universal thing because I think the heights too for other countries were shorter shorter in the past, not just Japan. I mean, that probably is also true. But I also wonder if maybe it was a combination of both then. Mm. Yeah, because I hadn't heard that that theory before as far as sitting. That's, that's Yeah, I'd never heard it until Alfredo huh. mentioned the theory. And I kind yeah. of, it makes sense in a way that if you're constantly kneeling as you were, like, you know how much it hurts your knees and things. It probably made them weaker in a way. I, I just, my legs go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, your legs go to sleep. It's, it's horrible. It's, it's, it's a skill. It's a definite skill. I think one crying shame about Japanese history is a lot of old castles and buildings were lost through in fires because everything's what? made of wood. If Azuchi Castle and the associated buildings were never burnt down and had luckily come, survived all the way to now, like a few other rare buildings have in Japan, I wonder if it would have been possible to figure out which would have been Yasuke's home because it would have been completely of different dimensions to everyone else's home. Mm. Like it would have been easy to be like, this was his home. Or at least the area where it might have been built. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to get to that spot someday because I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of information for Nobunaga's castle for this since it was like one of the first known typical, what we know of the typical Japanese castles. There must be something so kind of commemorative something in that area. I mean, all that remains of the castle to this day is its stone base. So we could they, like the main keep and things have been reconstructed, but yeah, it did. I do wonder how much of the close surrounding area still remains as well, because his house was just outside the castle. I feel like because you know they have like the we went to the Edo Museum. They had a lot of models and like reproductions, like small scale reproductions. I'm wondering if there's a museum in that area that shows Nobunaga's castle and then surrounding buildings. That would be interesting because in theory, if they're basing it off archaeological foundation remains, there could still be the potential that one of the houses looks different dimensionally, so could potentially have been Yasuke's home, which would be, it would be cool to actually know where he lived. Because like I said, a lot of this stuff is just piecing together. Like, this happened, he was probably there. So he would have seen it. I wish we knew more. I wish we had more about I wish, I wish he'd written. I wish he'd written something. <laughs> I wish he had his, his journals or poetry or something. I feel like he would have done, he would have written poetry or written like something. He, he's true. I, I also wonder, like, obviously he's now being given his own servants. I wonder how he felt about that. Obviously having once been a servant slash slave himself. Like, would he have been happily to accept it or would he have kind of struggled with it, do Ooh, you think? Don't know, because he, you know, he was used to doing so many things. But I think the, the thing is with having servants is that they they are paid and they can leave. So if he, it's not like he, they they have to stay necessarily. True. It's like, it's more like that is their job. Hmm. They're not required to be there unpaid. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause Yasuke was given his own stipend to which he would then pay his servants. So maybe he would have been okay with that. But then again, if you have been used to doing everything, 
for someone else than to have someone do things for you. I can speak for personal experience now. I'm not really enjoying <laughs> that a, a whole lot. I like being able to do stuff and having to wait for someone else to do it. So, but then again, also having that that company. I'm assuming because he's been with people for so long. I don't know if he was a, I don't know if he's introverted or extroverted, but to have you know your own house, to be in your own house by yourself might have been. You know, you were really getting your own place for the first time. And how it's, you a, st it, it's a good feeling, but also a very strange feeling. Mm. So don't know. It could it could have been. But that is interesting that you bring that up because, you know, for him to having gone to doing everything to not doing so much to, oh, here's your own house. You can just hang out here and then not do anything for a while. Mm? <laughs> it's probably very, mm -hmm. very different for him. So in essence, with Nobunaga giving him this sword and he's saying that you are now my samurai, you know, he, he's a samurai now. His role in life has completely changed from what it has ever been. In regards to the samurai, we... Samurai, sorry, samurai. Um, we don't know what rank he would have held, but it's likely to have been the one known as Hatamoto. This one, in essence, acted as, like, the page to the lord, a lot like the other Japanese men in the group were. It also involved traveling with their lord as well as handling jobs such as finance, transport, communication and trade in regard to the needs of Nobunaga at the time. Yasuke's role had changed. He was no longer security um, like he had been for Alessandro but he was also now more like a consultant for Nobunaga. One Jesuit even wrote that Nobunaga never tired of talking to him. So Nobunaga really felt, I feel, connected to Yasuke in a way. Maybe, I think I was reading a book that it was maybe because formalities in Japan makes it more difficult to be on like a friendship level with other people. But obviously with Yasuke being an, someone not from Japan, there wouldn't have been that potential barrier between them for friendship. Mm. So Yasuke working alongside the two dozen or so other pages to Nobunaga, he acted as a consultant. And these young men, Yasuke probably found out, often engaged in sexual relationships with Nobunaga, as well as other older samurai. But that is a big topic for another day. Yeah. Um, in modern Japan very much still kind of ignores the idea of the LGBTQ community, which I think is a big shame. But historically, it was a thing. It was practiced. It was quite openly practiced and no one seemed to care. It was normalized. So why that's not a thing now, not going to get into that today. As on the bright side, there are some things happening toward that to open up a little bit True. more. More, ch more chain things have changed in the four years I've been here, which is nice to see. It's slow, but then again, a lot of things here can be on the slower side. But the fact there's actually movement. Yeah, I want to come back to that because that's there are some fascinating stuff I found out from that and as well. Some interesting stories. I think I do have a book on it. I mean, I think I have uh, I have way too many books on Japanese history, but that's why we can do the show. But yeah, that's definitely something to get into. It's very interesting. So it'd be, it'd be nice to hear what you also know, like if it's stories that I haven't come across yet. Now, the thing about the why I brought this up, there are some people now who have cited that Yasuke may have also engaged in this practice and it might have also aided in um him having such a quick rise to power 
you're happy to accept all these advances from your lord, he's probably going to give you a bit more favor and power. However, as of right now, this is all mere academic conjecture, but I think it's an interesting point nonetheless to mention. Hmm. And so, moving on to June, the book is not telling me what year we're in now, so I'm assuming we're still in 1581 at this point. So in June of that year, Yasuke sees a side of Nobunaga he had yet to see, unfortunately. Yasuke would finally learn why Nobunaga's people, though they very much loved him, also feared him so much. Now, it was on a day that Yasuke and the other samurai had gone with Nobunaga on an outing, preparing to stay at an area known as Nagahama. However, Nobunaga changed his mind at the last minute, making the decision to travel the 30 leads back to Azuchi in one day. Now, this is a very, it's a very big distance to cover, considering the time that this is happening in, and no one would have thought it possible to make this distance so quickly in one day, especially on horseback. When Nobunaga arrived back at Azuchi, normally when your lord arrives, obviously you prepare a welcome, you have everything ready, but this was not the case today. No one realized he would be back. And so Yasuke witnessed Nobunaga's fury, not to him, but to the people who weren't ready for him. Servants who were caught unaware when he returned were bound and taken for execution. And it's said that Nobunaga's female domestics, who were not at home when he arrived, but at a nearby temple, were rounded up alongside the abbot of the temple and brought to Nobunaga. And sitting and watching, Nobunaga oversaw the beheading of all the women and finally the abbot. Hmm, wow. Quite a change of character to... I mean, obviously Nobunaga has done other things like this before Yasuke met him. For Yasuke to see such a change of personality was probably... Well, it would have been very shocking. Yeah, that's horrible. Like, just mm -hmm. flat out horrible. I mean, he, he changed his mind and came back, but so quickly. And I'm assuming they were at a temple for you know, religious reasons and mm. not just for, you know, goofing off, they were doing something and then to lose their life because they had free time. And, oh, yeah, that's, I would be, yeah, I'd be like, I'm, I, can I go work for someone else and not know, but not <laughs> Like, I'm gonna go. Okay, it's been nice, but, um, so yeah, so, th so that happened. But one week later, to kind of make everyone happy again, he decided to throw a sumo contest for some visiting lords and the local people. It's said that he asked Yasuke to take part, as obviously he was quite strong. Well, he was stronger than most other people here at the time. And so Yasuke was put in the ring with one of the other sumo, and he made easy work of his opponent, throwing him out of the ring. And it wasn't until Nobunaga asked four other sumo in the ring at once to take on Yasuke that Yasuke was finally defeated in the sumo ring. That is how strong this man was. He could fight off three sumo at once, no problem. And sumo are strong. Very strong. I mean, strong. they don't look it with their... I do wonder, historically, the history of sumo. Were they always that large, or is that a more modern thing? Like, old sumo, are they how we imagine them now? Because obviously Yasuke would not have been of that build. He was well, he, he was, was tall and muscular. But sumo are muscular, it's just mm. hidden. Well, at least modern sumo are. 
Have you, have you seen sumo wrestlers stretch? Stretching? No. Wow. They are so flexible. Like I, mm. I feel, honestly, I feel very uncoordinated and unclumsy watching them. They can, they, they do a strict exercise and strict regimen. I mean, they eat a lot, but they, they, yeah, they have a lot of strength and a lot of flexibility. I mean, we talked about sumo before and we need to do it. It's it on was- our list. It's on our uh, list. This ever-growing list. Um, but I just, I just find it so impressive that it took four of them to defeat Yasuke. Like, how strong are you to be able to do that? But my, my final point for today, at least, is that by August, so again, two months later, Alessandro visits Azuchi, planning on heading back to Nagasaki as he's just come from more northern Japan to visit the other missions around the country. And he is on his way back to Nagasaki because he's finally leaving for Rome to return to the Pope. He comes to meet Nobunaga as a necessary courtesy to ask permission to leave and Nobunaga saying of course you can and but please your people should carry on with their good work so far in Japan and so Yasuke and Alessandro saw each other for one last time in Azuchi before departing ways one final time to never meet again and that's where I kind of wanted to leave it for today talking about Yasuke's transformation into a samurai a lot happened in this episode I know we didn't talk that much. You were kind of soaking up the storyline. So if you've had any thoughts, now would be the time. Well, I wonder what Alessandro thought about Yasuke and like had risen to become samurai. Because samurai is like a higher higher status in Japan. Mm-hmm. I think of a samurai is higher status. So for Alessandro to see that, you kind of wonder, was he jealous or did he not care or did he was he even proud perhaps i do wonder probably their goodbye was probably not a proper goodbye he probably only saw yasuke standing there as nobunaga's guard like there would have probably been no communication between them Hmm. it was just probably like a smile and a nod goodbye yeah because at that point too for alessandro he was meeting yasuke as an equal well, actually, maybe Yasuke might be higher than Alessandro, possibly. He and could he, have when, been by that point. Mm. In, in Japan, Japanese culture, I would assume he'd be of a higher status. So for him to have to know that before he left, you wonder what he thought or what he felt. You really do. Could be Alessandro's personality where he thought, oh, I'm so brilliant. I'm glad that I gave Yasuke to Nobunaga because look what I did. So it could be also like, yeah, look what I created. Like this is all me. It's like mm, it's not really, but no. sure, you keep <laughs> telling yourself that, sweetie. <laughs> so I'm just glad that that Yasuke was, you know, given his own place and mm-hmm. it was given status from someone who had a, like a difficult difficult life to i mean he's still <laughs> nobunaga doesn't look like it's going to be easy so still difficult but a little bit different of a difficulty so it's it's nice to see that he was treated as a person and not an object and to recognize his his skills and his talents and his work his so so much hard work to get where he was able to get he he didn't take it easy it's <laughs> very mm-hmm. active so it's it's nice. It's good to see that. I think it is. Still, I, I hope that we have a good ending for Yasuke with Nobunaga. Now I'm a little bit 
a little bit worried, but that's okay. We'll see where it's going to go from the next. Yeah. But we're going we're gonna to be in a five-parter, aren't we? At the most, two more episodes for Yasuke. We'll see. Or maybe next episode, we're happy to make a longer one to finish his story. We'll see how it goes. But I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I know that you said it was a lot to take in. Hmm. So, as a palate cleanser, we could say, what do you have for us today? So today I have a kotozawa. Oh, okay. All right. So if you're ready, I will read it out and see if you know this or if you could recognize this or if you've heard it before or what you got. Okay. Okay. Me kara uroko ga ochiru. Is this about traveling? No. Well, no. <laughs> You're like, mm, I want to, I want to, I want to give you a compliment. I want to say you're right, but no, you're wrong. I'm like, okay, well, I my, see. <laughs> in my explanation, that will actually there'll be some traveling involved. So, but the translation is not about traveling. I don't know. I think it's because that you when you said the roko, it made me think of the roko yojinshu from episode one. My goodness, which was the travel diary. That's why I thought traveling. Ah. Uh... Mm. But if it's not about traveling. So I, I give you one word, I bet you do know. Me. me. I. Yeah. But is it in the context of, so it's about something you see or it's specifically about your eyes? The first one is more correct. So it's about seeing something and lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Funny enough, you should mention that because this in the Japanese translation does have to do with enlightenment. It's the, the scales fell from my eyes. The scales fell from my eyes. The scales fell from my eyes. That sound familiar? Yeah, it's it's uh -huh. it's like basically the equivalent of taking the wool off your eyes in English. Yeah. The wool from off your eyes. Taking yeah. the scales. It's so strange that a lot of these Kotozawas have English parallels. Well, this one has a the exact English parallel scale falling from the eyes. And do you know where that that mm -hmm. saying, the English saying originates from? Oh, where the English one, the scales or the wool? Uh, I don't know about the wool. Do you know the the origins of the wool? Um, the wool, I'm I'm not really sure if I'm honest. Now I gotta find out first. <laughs> oh yeah, pull the wool over one. Mm, actually, English one is almost an opposite meaning. So you're saying take the scales off your eyes, so like seeing the truth, no? Whereas the Whereas the English one is pulling the wool over one's eyes, so it's kind of hiding the truth from you. Are you talking about pulling the wool over your eyes versus mm. to the scale off the eyes? Oh, so that we're mixed the sayings. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm now looking, I was looking at my notes and going, wait a minute, now we've got three sayings. We have pull the wool over your eyes, take or scales off your eyes, and then make mekara urogoga uchiru. So the one you were thinking of was the pulling the wool over, not pulling the wool off. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Pulling the wool off your eyes isn't actually a saying. I don't think it feels like it should be though. I was, it feels I like was it going should with you. be, but yeah, the scales made me think of the wool one, but actually the English wool one has the opposite meaning. Okay, good. I was starting to get confused there too because I, I was, I was believing you. I was like, that sounds right. Wool and eyes and. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. However, I now know the origins of it, and it's actually quite fascinating. So I want to—I know this is an English saying, but to pull wools over one eyes 
In old medieval fairs, robbers were always on the lookout for victims, and their favorite technique was to pull the victim's hood over their eyes to cut off,、oh. and then they would cut off their string purse. Oh, okay, yeah, the wool. At least that's wool one、hooks. of the assumptions. Huh, anyway, that's not、it. that's not about the Japanese saying. So enlighten me about the the scale. So like. Scales, as in snake skin scales. Well, this one is、uh, for the Japanese, more like fish scales. Okay.、Mm. Well, the origin of the English phrase "scale from fell from my eyes" is actually religious based. So we have a tie-in because we have Yasuke, who kind of got some of his start, you know, in the Jesuit.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Say fellowship is is that right? Jesuit brotherhood. The fellowship of the Jesuits. I think brotherhood no, maybe no, better. It was it was order. I think they were an order. Thank you. Thank you. It was like fellowship of the Jesuits. That is that is not. <laughs> they somehow got Lord of the Rings involved in there. This comes from Ah, which I don't know how familiar you are with the Bible, but do you know the name Paul or Saul? Not really. It's like I'll give you a terrible crash course, and my friend who is much better in Bible history will probably let me know after. Every Yasuke episode, I think we've quote you've 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 taught me something about the Bible lately. Because <laughs> <laughs> because last time we had Jezebel, don't forget. Oh my God, that's right, we did.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, see, we got Yasuke, and then it's just yeah, it's it's really. Interesting. It's not intentional because I did not realize this saying actually came from that until I did the research into it myself. I、uh-huh. I'd heard it before, but I didn't know where it came from. So that was not intentional. <laughs> so crash course is there was this guy named Saul who I think right rounded up Christians and persecuted them, and then God struck him blind, and then. God restored his sight, and it was the the verse goes. It was this as if the all at once the scales came off his eyes, and he could see again. And then he converted to Christianity, changed his name to Paul, and wrote a lot of letters. Okay,、hmm. so there's your very very basic basic crash course that is probably still not great. So my friend will let me know. <laughs> so the translation is based from biblical context, but the original Japanese is not. Based off religious significance. So I'm trying to figure out now. I did not see in,、mm. in my basic research that it came from Bible from in Japan to the Bible. So I'm I am not sure how this saying is the basically the exact same saying. I don't know if it came、mm. from. Possibly we might have that from the Jesuits. Coming over and teaching, and that may have spread out, maybe become a popular. So that's that's going to be my my theory, just because, especially during Nobunaga's time, having that connection with the Jesuits, possibly、mm. it might have started from that. But you look up the etymology a little bit better. So the Japanese saying though is more related to like surprise or enlightenment instead of like、mm. being a religious conversion experience. It's more of a oh, I got it, like.、Um, There's a TV show here called like Gutten, and when you understand something, you go like Gutten. That kind of similar feeling that oh wow, I, I didn't know that, and this it's oh bikurista kind of feeling. So it doesn't have that exact same like doesn't have that religious connotation that the other one has. Although that one also we don't put it towards like a, a religious conversion experience. Now I think we think of、um, 
I once was blind and now I see, oh, that's also religious. Um, but still that not knowing something and then knowing it. And it may be positive or negative, but I think the, the, the Japanese is a little bit more of like a surprise. And I first heard this phrase, oh my gosh, I'm not going to say how long, ago, how long ago it was when I first started studying Japanese. I read somewhere that you should have conversations with native Japanese speakers. So I, I joined with a language exchange site and the friend I made, he taught me this saying. So mm. this... I've known this saying for a few years and I just thought about it recently. <laughs> it just, it, it came to me. It's like different things have happened and it just, I just kind of thinking is, oh, this saying, this is, and I asked the professor and he's like, oh yeah. And then he just, you know, said this phrase really fast and I couldn't understand him. So I had to get him to repeat it for me. But so my source was a friend from several years ago. Thank you so much for that Kotozawa. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start. I have to start using that every time. I'm like, oh, okay, I got it. It is really, and it's. it's I'm gonna do do a different adjective and not say interesting. Let's go with fascinating. That's different. Just switch it up a little bit. That there is that there are some ties from. I'm sure there's other, there's ties from lots of world religions in Japan, not just Christianity, but to see this one in Japanese culture, as well as we, you know, we do have, you know, several things from different religions uh, and different cultures that have come here and mixed in. Yeah, And to, to find so many, you wouldn't think you'd find biblical things here, but there are some, some little things. I mean, biblically, lest we forget that some people think Jesus is buried in Japan. We still have to do that. We still have to do that. Yes, we do. But yeah, that was really cool. Thank you. And it's kind of, it's nice when we can include something like that. That's not, oh, I found this in a book. It's like, actually, this is based off something I've learned from, well, a native. So it's nice. So thank you so much. You are so welcome. <laughs> Thank you for more Yasuke. I'm so every week we're like, oh, I've really, I've really enjoyed just learning about Yasuke every week. Well, every episode, let's not say every week. Every. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it. We're getting further along in the story of Yasuke. He will be back next week. Maybe there'll be a bonus as well next week if we have the time like i said i do have a few days off so if i can get my other project stuff caught up then a bonus will probably happen as well we've got quite a lot of ideas for that so we'll just pick a name out of a hat and see where we go oh we should try that oh we could do that we could totally do that like put a bunch of different topics in a hat pull them out and then announce it and then we have to do the work i think that would be easier because sometimes we sit there and it's like which one do we want I know. they're all so good i don't know which one so we should just yeah Pick a name out of a hat is much easier. Uh, but yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We really appreciate you sticking around with us for this. And yeah, so until next week, from me, that is everything. So, matane. Mina san, kyasukete, matane.